Another thing that's interesting is this. All these Elvis imitators, and it's in the book that when Elvis died, there were very roughly 100 Elvis imitators. By 2020, there were an estimated 80,000 plus. Wow. Yeah, throughout the world, including a very popular one in London who is Chinese. Yes, and uh, but now they are called tribute artists. You shouldn't call them an Elvis imitator. Most of them don't like that. But here's the thing. Elvis is now, we see him either as he was in the 50s, rock and roll and the black leather jacket, or the white jumpsuits with all the sequins and patterns and bangles and the little bat cape and the collars, everything. Um, the thing is, that was the 70s look, the Peacock Revolution, when men for the first time started wearing very funny clothes. Now, had Elvis lived and gone into the 80s, he would have given that up and gone with whatever was in the 80s. But because he didn't, we keep seeing him in these funny get-ups. Yeah, his, and, his and, and the U.S. government gave the public the chance to vote when they were going to issue a commemorative stamp. Do you want the 50s original Elvis or you want the Vegas Elvis, and overwhelmingly they wanted the original, and that's who was on the stamp, and it became the biggest-selling commemorative stamp in U.S. history. Yeah, I I have some Elvis Presley stamps. I've got Lucille Ball stamps. I've got all these other stamps. They had some really great ones coming out. Oh, Um, yes. Elvis lifts curls. Uh, Elvis didn't smile. He sneered. Purposely or physiognomy? I don't know what that is. His physiognomy. Yes, Mm -hmm. thank you, Bose. I know you speak five languages (laughs) and big. I I usually can pronounce, but that one I have a problem. Whatever the Mm. cause, it turned most of the female public on. It's interesting. His left side, the left side of his mouth, it did have a sort of. It went that way, and the sneer, and yet the effect, even though you could technically call it a deformity, because it's not symmetrical, right. it was very sexy and appealing, and it was his left leg that shook when he was standing there singing, partly from nervousness and partly just whatever it was about his leg that twitched, and so he would move it, and then the hips as well, the pelvis, and that's what uh, got people so against him at first. I mean, he was denounced in pulpits and magazines and and, and all of these TV hosts at, at Sullivan, Arthur Godfrey. It was like they considered him, you know, like you know, on level with communism in the 50s. It's something so ridiculous. That would just and, you know, destroy America's youth. Yes. What ridiculous. they do today, if you look at the stuff today, they are actually, mm. they simulate sex in every way. Yeah. I mean, Elvis would be like, you know, Oh, very tame. Um, Cornflakes and, yeah. you know, just rah-rah, sis, boom, ba. One funny thing I read is Elvis wanted a perm. He wanted yeah. to try a perm. 
thank mm. God his spiritual advisor and his hairdresser told him no. They were the same person, like you said. A perm, what do you want? Imagine he and Barb were doing the show together and they had a perm off. Really? <laughs> it's, it's true. You look back at her, uh, it looks like something on a sheep. I mean, it did not, it doesn't suit anybody. Really. No. She had it for then, years. Eek. You know, another thing that most people don't know about Elvis is that like his father, his hair turned prematurely white. And uh, he, he, of course, kept dying in black all the time, even though people said, well, lighten up on the black. Because as you get older, if you have black hair, you end up looking like a vampire. You know, it, it really contrasts. But Elvis, uh, he was advised again by his hairdresser, let it grow out and become the silver fox. Because we, we all know examples of men and women with silver hair, and it's very attractive. But it's not just that Elvis was fearful of being rejected for it or considered old. The colonel, he didn't want any experiments of any kind, physically, with hair, with Whatever. I mean, he just wanted Elvis to just stay the same and just, he was like his slot machine, just making money, making money, don't tamper, don't interfere. And don't keep up with the times. That's another thing. Yeah. Oh, here's Juliet Pearl. She dated. We dated. GI Blues was cliched, yet I enjoyed working with Elvis. He was so happy to be back working and out of the armed service. When someone told him I was from South Africa, Elvis didn't believe me. He asked if both my parents were white. Yes. We had some good times, but he did say he did not want a working wife, not working outside his home. Right. She can work in the home, but not outside. Well, that's why he and Anne Margaret were very close. But, of course, she wasn't going to give up her thriving movie career with him. Uh, for him, they were very yeah. hot together, and I have to say, Viva oh, Las Vegas, they were just, absolutely. They worked, they're dancing, everything was just really hot, hot, hot. Really, because yeah. they're both such sexy people, they really hit big. Mm-hmm. Whereas his other so-called leading ladies, and in each film, he usually had two or three or four, including one of them was Christina Crawford, Joan Crawford's adopted daughter, and then Marianne Mobley, a former Miss America. No, Christina um, Crawford was in one of uh, yes, Elvis's movies? in one movies? of them. Oh, yeah, I, I can't name which one because those titles, uh, The Trouble with Girls and How to Get Into It, Harem Scarum, and on and on, yeah. So she oh, just, yeah, just bit part mm-hmm. of, was she like an extra or something? No, no, not an extra, but uh, she had a speaking part. But um, she tried to be an actress, but, you know, her mother pretty much quashed that. And when, as we know from Mommy Dearest, uh, when Christina Crawford got ill and she was co-starring on a soap opera, <laughs> Joan Crawford filled her role, even though she's about 25 years old. And wasn't that live TV? Yes, uh, I think it was. But but the point is, people were thrilled. Oh, Joan Crawford. But I mean, and here she is having a scene with a guy who's 25 or more years younger than her and acting like an 18 year old instead of a middle aged woman. I'd say with know. a little bit of booze in her, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Vodka. <laughs> Vodka, yes. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I'm thinking this. When they met, he touched, he, he was very intrigued by Barbara's. Barbara Streisand's long fingers, fingernails, yeah, and held her fingers. Well, right. <laughs> Babs always had the long fingers. She, she still does because she's proud yeah. of her. She has pretty hands, you know, but those yes. long claws, oh, yeah. yikes. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. 
I yeah. just say, oh and, my. But here's the thing, you know, the, the, you have to, when you're doing a book like this, present both sides, because some of the press said he was so intrigued by her long fingernails that he got down on his knees and started fingernail polishing them How for stupid. her. How stupid. Well, apparently <laughs> not. Apparently all that happened was he held her hand and examined That's the fingernails. That's so ridiculous. Um, I know, and yet... The things that get printed. Now, here's an example, because you have to be fair. One of his very early films, he fell in love with the female co-star. She never became famous because she died very prematurely. He did not attend her funeral, and much of the media presented him as being callous, like, well, he didn't really care after all. But the reason he didn't attend was not to distract from the late actress's memory or to create a media circus. And he was very right, and that was very... A good thing for him to do. Speaking, right. I just want to speak about this always made me laugh. This is from Priscilla's book. And she said that Elvis was, you know, very particular about how she looked and anything. And when he'd come in and he'd see her and she had a chip on her toenail, he oh. said, Give me those little sooties. He called toes sooties. <laughs> <laughs> make her take off and do her toes all over again. God forbid really? if she had a little teeny a, right. a thing on her sooties. It's like sooties. he wanted perfection. Mm-hmm. On her yeah. sooties, baby. <laughs> so and you know, he, he made her dye her hair jet black, too. It wasn't originally that. Yeah. And then One of the quotes in the book is from somebody who attended the funeral of Elvis's uncle, and Elvis and Priscilla were sitting side by side, and this person said, except for the gender, they look like twins with the hair and the eyeliner, and, uh, you know, it was like he was making her over as a female Elvis. Yes. Yeah, and then but later, when gross. she got her own look, she was very attractive. Yeah, I, she was really pretty, you know, with oh, her own nice. hair color, not with those big And, and, and black. with less makeup, without yes. the raccoon eyes. Yeah, and the wedding, there are quotes in there about how the colonel stage managed the wedding at the Aladdin Hotel because he loved getting freebies. I mean, he was the the opportunist. And so it was done at the Aladdin for various reasons. And uh, the people at the reception were his friends and cronies, business associates. And Priscilla later said she wished she had had the courage to say, this is our wedding. We want to do it our way. But everything was the colonel's way. And of course, Elvis went along with it as always but Elvis was not like he was not really into getting married to Priscilla right right he he waited a long time to get married and part of it again partly because he was always playing the field before Mm -hmm. during after but also the colonel realized a single Elvis can generate more fantasies among the female fans than an Elvis who's a married man and belongs to one woman, supposedly. Right. And I want I know that they separated after Priscilla got pregnant and then they got yeah. back because whatever. I believe, For the sake of the child, yes. Yeah, and they, she got pregnant pretty much right away. So I think that they stopped having sex pretty quickly. I don't yeah. I don't think he did have sex when she was pregnant with her the child. I would imagine with his psychology, he wouldn't. And, you know, that's another thing that's interesting. People ask, what if Elvis had had a son? Would he have been happier? And probably not, because with the psychology that he had, a daughter is non-threatening. 
to a man, you see. The son can outdo him, supposedly, or, you know, in various ways be a disappointment or compete with him. So he was very glad, and people say, insiders say he was relieved that they had a daughter, not a son. Now, here's the tragedy that happened last year. Elvis had one, well, of course, he never saw his four grandchildren. He had one grandson, only one grandson, last year in 2020, in July, I believe, he mm, killed himself. That's so yeah. sad. He looked a lot like Elvis. He did at first, but he was already getting very heavy in the face, where at least Elvis waited till he was in his late 30s before getting heavy. But it, it's a th- I think it was a huge thing, burden for him. Yeah, oh, poor yeah. guy, people would say. But, you know... Well, it is if you want to follow musically yes. in, in his footsteps, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. You can be anything else you want. Uh, this is the dilemma of children of superstars. It's best not to go into that same field because the chances are, unless you're, say, Jane Fonda or Michael Douglas or Liza Minnelli, you won't achieve one little fraction of their success. Right. So who wants to be that overshadowed? Just go and do your own thing. Ricardo Montalban had either four or five children, and he once told me, I am very proud that none of them has chosen to go into show business, and none of them has gotten themselves into the newspapers. (laughs) I didn't even know I had that many children. I know he was married to Loretta Young's sister, one of her sisters, for years and years and years. Oh, yeah, one marriage total, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, a long I, marriage. Yeah. Yes. And I'm reading here. I never felt myself in competition with anyone. I was just amazed any of it happened to me. But more than a few insiders told me Elvis Presley admired me and was jealous of me. I was a millionaire at 21. And for a time, I got more fan mail than he did. Although who was counting all those letters, I couldn't say. Right. And that's Ricky Nelson, yeah. He was a that's, darling. Cutie oh, he part. really was. But, you know, even though, again, he was very handsome and did these wonderful songs and did them so, you know, I mean, dreamboat style, he didn't have that much personality that he projected. No. And he wasn't overtly sexual, whereas Elvis was always pushing the sexiness button. Right. And, of course, at first that got him into trouble, but it's also, therefore, what made him so famous. And then he toned it down. Then he went Hollywood and he became pasteurized. But then he brought it back in Las Vegas. But by then, of course, all the chemical things that were going on. Yeah. So in his, there's a period where he did not perform on stage and he didn't do movies, right? A very brief period. Now, when he was in movies, he didn't perform on stage, and also he didn't have any number one song hits because, again, the colonel, uh, he would very often, whenever he could, get songwriters to give over the copyright to his company of Elvis and the Colonel, or even to say that Elvis composed or co-wrote the song. Now, the end of this book, Elvis Forever, after the four chapters, is a shorter chapter of quotes all from Elvis Presley himself so that he can have the final word or words. And one of the things he says is, I never co-wrote a song in my life. That's all baloney. In, In other words, the colonel. And therefore, no top composer is going to go along with that. And so Elvis stopped having hits. 
and then come the Beatles and other performers from Britain and the U.S. and younger than him. So not until he then quit movies and did that TV special that turned things around. He was gorgeous. I I saw that on TCM. He was slim. He mm-hmm. was not wearing the white jumpsuits yet. He was wearing leather. Right. No, yes. He was mm-hmm. really good looking. And I thought, you know, people say he did. I, I thought he sang very well. I don't know. I oh, yes, he did still. Yeah, because this was the late 60s, early 70s. It, it started deteriorating sometime in the early to mid 70s. The whole thing of the voice. The drugs getting worse, the the weight getting worse, uh, and also eventually, which is unthinkable, he's not really caring about how he performed on stage, showing up unprepared or drunk or mumbling, forgetting lyrics, or even talking to the audience about his personal problems, which Priscilla was horrified. She knew this is no longer the Elvis I knew. And it is a shame. So uh, I love the thing. Um, Cary Grant had a crush on him, definitely. Oh, yeah. And he went to the show, and what did he say? He he was a he was the be- better than Al Jolson, <laughs> I think. Yeah. What a comparison! But um, he did have a crush on him, and he did get a uh, what do you at the end you get a credit. Cary Grant yeah. was mentioned in that, which was... Yeah, because he had retired from films at 65, but he showed up in that Elvis documentary. I think it was the one called Elvis, That's the Way It Is. Yeah. And uh, and when he met Elvis in person, he went up to him, and, you know, all the people parted like the Red Sea. Here comes Cary Grant going to, up to Elvis, and he shakes Elvis's hand warmly and says, you're the greatest performer since Jolson. And there's a silence, and one of the onlookers said, I wondered if the silence was Elvis refraining from asking Jolson who? And of course, it's <laughs> no. Al Jolson, which, I mean, today people don't hardly remember Al Jolson, but in the first half or two-thirds of the 20th century, he was considered by many the greatest entertainer ever out of Hollywood. And of course, he starred in officially the first talkie, the jazz singer, that was Al Jolson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this from Jackie Collins. I never knew this. It's not hugely publicized that months after turning 40, Elvis had a facelift. It might have been better known had the result been more obvious. Fat ages a person for a facelift to yield maximum effect. One can't have a fat or chubby face. Yeah, yeah. No, he hated aging, and when he turned 40, it was like a day of mourning for him. He stayed indoors with the curtains drawn. He didn't want to speak to anybody. Um, Because, you know, he was a symbol of youth and rebellion. That's very hard, yeah. Yeah, it is, because when you symbolize youth and then you're into middle age. And and, you uh, get fat and, you know, people are... And also, secretly, white hair. You know, it's like that scene in Valley of the Dolls where Patty Duke rips off Susan Hayward's red wig and it's all white underneath. <laughs> she looks really, fabulous. Really, that's, that's what it's like. If the public had known, they'd have been shocked. Although he could have looked, if he had kept his weight and had the silver hair, he'd have looked terrific. With a white but, jumpsuit with the bedazzled <laughs> spangles on the Really, or maybe switch to a black jumpsuit with the white hair, yeah. yeah. But again, the... The colonel wouldn't see. No, no. He I don't think said, no. Elvis would have ever okayed it either because, no. you know, I, yeah. I just don't get it. Um, now, 
this is, you know, Elvis ended up firing his closest companions. Yes. Why was that? Except he he didn't even do it. He had his father do it. You see, as, as some of the girlfriends, there's one of them who's quoted, Elvis never wanted to be the bad guy. He would have someone else do the dirty work for him. Um, okay, Elvis, his, his father was skimming money off uh, his accounts, you right. know. Uh, and Elvis didn't complain because it's his father. Uh, but there had been pre-approved a free flight to Texas for Red West and his wife and their little boy. And um, the father found out about that and was suddenly cutting back, being cheap, because he was tended to be cheap because of his upbringing, Vernon Presley. And so then Red West made the mistake of calling Elvis and saying, well, you know, we were going to get these free flights to Texas to see, I think, relatives there. And uh, But your father... Cancel them. What's going on? And so Elvis was saying, "Oh, everything's okay. You just go ahead and take the flights, and uh, all will be well." But secretly was furious that this had been brought up to him, and so he asked the father about it. And the father said, "Yes, I canceled it." Well, the upshot was that then he fired this long time employee. Another thing is that these drugs, including one specific drug, I don't remember which, brought on paranoic tendencies hmm. in Elvis. Well, you so think it was, all of them as combined would just Oh, yes, and then the combination. And not only he expected loyalty, he was getting to the point where he suspected, what if they're not loyal to me? You see, he had no reason for that. Mm -hmm. They were totally loyal. But so he fires this one, and then his cousin, and then another employee whom he fired got together with a professional writer and did the book, which told all that had been going on, Elvis, what happened. And when Elvis read the galleys of the book, he said, I'm a dead man. And he died, I believe, the day after it was published, and uh, it, it just did him in. He was so embarrassed, angered and embarrassed by what was revealed about what had been going on drug-wise, sexually, how he treated uh, members of the Memphis Mafia and so on. How, in other words, how he had fallen. Yeah. Which is awful. And I thought it was the day after, but it could have been the day before. It's just so weird because all of his um, strangeness. I didn't read the book. Did you read it? Mm -hmm. No, I didn't because I went to the library and, you know, the, the, they were missing the copies. They'd had three and all were missing. And, and this is something you never know, and I as an author am aware of this. When someone steals a book from a library, it can be because they love your book and they want to have it but not pay for a copy, or they hate your book and they don't want it to be in the library. Oh, my so God. So you never know for sure. That's yeah, so weird. Really. I never heard that. That's Oh, yeah. Depending what it is, controversial or not. Now, with Elvis Forever, for example, um, I can imagine that there would be a few diehard Elvis fans, the ones who think of him as St. Elvis. Right. Because remember, there was a church established called the First Presbyterian Church. <laughs> oh, my of, Lord. Yes. The first Presbyterian <laughs> Church of the Divine, that. yeah, the Divine Elvis. How long did truly. that go on? <laughs> I don't know, but it went on for a few years now. Whether it's still around, I doubt that it is. But in fact, they made an error. the The printer for the book changed it to Presbyterian, and I had to then in the uh, galley say, "No, no, it's Presbyterian Church of Elvis the Divine." <laughs> yeah, so. 
there are those who just almost literally worship him and who will not like this book because it's not, you know, a hagiography, which means a biography of a saint. It has the good, the bad, and the ugly in there. It's a very rounded, but as I say, fair uh, portrayal of Elvis, of, of how he really was and how he lived and of the choices he made. And of course, the choices that the colonel made for him. Yeah, well, they everybody pretty much wrote a book after he died, but yeah. he did all these shows. What a you know, and he was uh, obese in a lot of them. And, That's the idea. Well, like two hundred and sixty pounds or something. Mm-hmm. And once his his he wore a belt, but once his jumpsuit kind of opened up. Yes. Burst apart, yes. <laughs> that must have been horrible. Anyway, he used to wear those scarves, and he yeah. would sweat in them. And, and these broads loved him. I mean, he could have, <laughs> y- you know, he could have had a perm. And they'd, you know, they'd want his oh, scarf yeah. and smell his sweat. This mm-hmm. is a question I have for you, Bose. Do you mm. know how women, like with Tom Jones and Elvis, would throw their mm-hmm. underwear at them? Mm-hmm. Were they used and just taken off or were they fresh what is your opinion well i think that i think that some of them i've heard at the tom jones concerts because i attended one um where they just took their panties off uh, from under their skirt and threw it on the stage. Gross. Now, now what what Tom Jones did with them, I have no idea. I imagine that after the show, his helpers would just uh, burn them. them the <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Uh, I, and sometimes uh, women would throw the room keys. If he's performing in a hotel, they would throw the room keys at him, you know, like room 720, come to that room, that kind of thing. Well, you know um, what? I would have rather got the wind than some <laughs> smelly underwear. <laughs> yeah. Really? A souvenir? Then you could sell it on eBay. Yeah, yeah I know. Now, you know, speaking of performance, here's another thing. Elvis, when he was in the army in Germany, was asked various times to perform for the troops. Now, who doesn't perform for right. the troops? But Elvis did not because... The colonel said, if they want to hear my boy sing, they'll have to pay like everybody else. So he never sang for any troops. And or charity. Oh, he did a few charities, but the colonel was always against it. I mean, he would become apoplectic if something was arranged behind his what back and Elvis sang for free. <laughs> he did a few of those. But when he met Nixon, the president asked Elvis to perform at the White House for them. Elvis refused. So he wasn't going to sing if it wasn't for money. Hmm. Except for very few exceptions early on. Yeah. So the the time of his death, he had been doing shows, and was he finally done? Because he was traveling. I know. Oh, all the time. Yeah. He came to my um, my hometown and did it. I was I was a kid, and I certainly wasn't into Elvis, Um, and. When did he stop? I mean, it was like so big in Springfield, Massachusetts. I was like, oh, it's oh, it's oh, oh yeah. But you he, know, toward the end, people came to see him, not because he was the Elvis of yore, but because he had become an institution. And maybe some people could guess from the behavior and the reports that were coming out in the press that he wasn't long for this world. And they could say, I saw Elvis. Because I've met many people who, when I mention this book, Elvis Forever, they'll say, oh, I saw him perform. 
it's like I was there. I've been to the pyramids or whatever, you yeah. know, some world famous landmark. Yeah. Yeah, and he um so did he finish up all of his concerts and and go home? He did, but it wasn't uh, for keeps. He was then there. There was always another tour planned by the colonel, always, and and it was always you know not just. And you see, here's the thing: if he had gone to New York and played at Madison Square Garden, that kind of thing, yeah. but he avoided New York because he felt intimidated. So it was always go to this little town in Maryland, that little town in Virginia, that little town here and that there, and 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 again. Sometimes two shows a night, that kind of thing. And and he did have stage fright to some degree, plus the growing paranoia. And, and the, he knew that his voice was going. So toward the end, he brought in extra male backup singers so that and he, he's quoted in it in the final chapter where it's Elvis quotes. If he didn't miss a note or couldn't hold it long enough, the male singers who were right with him at the finale would cover it up. People wouldn't know Elvis wasn't singing. It was just sort of lip-syncing those few notes. I did not know he had male backup singers, because usually he had... Um, yeah, like females, including females. Uh, yeah, yeah, including black women, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he didn't even mention it. It was like he was giving advice to other singers who, if they were having trouble with their voice, do what I'm doing. I mean, he was pretty open about it, which is unusual. Usually you'd keep that secret. But by that time, I think he had been so consumed yeah. with drugs. The judgment, very yeah. poor judgment, yeah, yes. the drugs. So he went home. Do you think he had any idea, because you have to feel your body's funky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you think he knew he was going to die... I mean, he went into the bathroom, Ginger Alden said, don't stay there and don't fall asleep in there. And he had Mm. some spiritual book he went in with. And I guess he was in there for a couple hours and he was found on the floor. And little Lisa Marie was there and they're they're keeping her out of there. And Mm. um, I, I, I think people were, I know, people were totally... I mean, they still think he's alive. He'd be like 130 now, but they, maybe he's right, living yeah, in one of those is, yogurt lands or something. Right, right. Well, no, actually, this coming January 8th would have been his 87th birthday. Oh, wow. So yeah. he could yeah. he could have been alive at this time. Oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, most, people, most celebrities who live to be really old are female. But, um, yeah, he'd have been 87. Mm -hmm. And that's why this book, Elvis Forever, they wanted to bring it out for Christmas and before Elvis's 87th birthday. And next summer uh, will be the 45th anniversary of his death already, 45 years. Well, it's amazing to think about that. And, of course, his autopsy, he had Mm. a number of drugs in him. He was totally... Drug, drug, drug. He also had impacted colon. It was like yes. sludge in there. And they said, you know, you know he like had several health problems. Yeah. Some Apart from the drugs thing. and high blood pressure, he also was since childhood an insomniac. So he had real trouble sleeping. And the drugs basically began when his mother died. 
because he he would just have to cry himself mm -hmm. to sleep and wear himself out to fall asleep. So he was given sleeping pills. And remember, many of the drugs that he was given early on were legal that later became illegal. I mean, LSD, you mentioned Cary Grant. LSD was legal till the early 60s, and Cary Grant took it repeatedly. Because yeah, it's he thought, amazing. Yeah, he thought that he could somehow change from being gay or bisexual to heterosexual, which, of course, no, but he took LSD several times, and this is Cary Grant, and he spoke openly about it. I mean, about taking it, not why he was taking it. Yeah. Right. He wanted all, when he was married to um, Diane, Cannon. Diane Cannon, he wanted her to do it, and she was afraid I, no. you know, if I probably took LSD, I'd be, you know, brain dead. Uh, really? You know what I mean? Just, I know. I yeah. did no way, Jose. But um, he did want her to do it. She did not want to do it, but to please him, mm. because he was pretty controlling himself in his marriages, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. she did it. Mm. And she didn't but like it. But not often, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think only once. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, you know, Elvis must have realized that his health was going downhill rapidly because he was entering the hospital various times the last year or two for several things at a time that were wrong with him, plus the drugs, plus what was happening on stage. And the reaction then in the press, those who reported it, some of the media wouldn't report what had gone wrong and some of them would. It depended also, like if it's a tabloid, they'll play up the negative, whereas if it's, say, the New York Times or whoever, they'll just say, well, he gave an uninspired performance, that kind of thing, to cover up. But he had to realize that if he didn't change things drastically, he wasn't going to live that much longer. And then with this book, that was a huge thing psychologically. Yeah, I'm right him. here. Um, yeah. I've got the quote here. My life is over. I'm a dead yeah. man. After reading galleys of the tell-all book, Elvis, What Happened, by three longtime friends and employees, he had abruptly fired. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, you know what? It just seemed like probably... He didn't want to live anymore after all that because of people doing that. Yes, the, the shame and embarrassment and the anger and, again, the sense of betrayal on the other hand. And this is the thing, as various people have said, he hated being what he felt was betrayed. But when he betrayed someone like firing longtime employees and friends for no reason, not even firing them himself, uh, if he betrayed them, well, that's another thing that didn't concern him of course. by then. Because yeah. it was all about him. Yeah. It, Early on, he, he knew the value of friendship growing up. and at first, shame. But, but the longer he was a star and then a superstar, and then they were his, like there was no friendship. They were yeah. bought friends at this point. Yes. They had to not be themselves. They had to be who El like the women. He had to, yeah, they exactly. had to be like Elvis wanted. Another yes. thing I want to add, after Elvis died, Three guys were arrested trying to steal yeah. his body. Mm -hmm. So much ghouls, right? This is sick. I know. And, and not only that, they did it in such a dumb, botched-up way. And they were acquitted. 
And, and the judge said, and there's a quote from somebody saying, what kind of justice or judge is this? Uh, they were acquitted and they were excused by saying, well, they just wanted to test if somebody could steal it, uh, the body. Oh, brother, and this, yeah. <laughs> and this, and this <laughs> I know, really, just testing, like I'm robbing the bank just to see how good is their <laughs> alarm system. But, but here's what happened. Uh, Elvis had been buried next to his mother in a regular cemetery. Well, the moment this happened, then he and his mother were transferred to Graceland, and that's where they're buried. Well, I think they should have been. Also, one of yeah, the all along, yeah. skankiest, sleaziest, slimiest things that happened was mm-hmm. Elvis was in his casket, and somebody took a picture of him and sold it to a tabloid. Mm-hmm. And that is really low and disgusting. Yes. Oh, there was so much of that because it's Elvis. They did it with a lot of people. I'll tell you, National Enquirer, I had a woman who worked for the National Enquirer for years, Mm -hmm. and she did some really horrible things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm not judging, but I couldn't have done the things you do. And she said, oh, yes, you could. Oh, yes, you could. I'm like, for the money. No, I couldn't. I really couldn't. No, I know. Oh, I agree. When I was still, I got my master's in journalism and I did lots of articles here and abroad. And then the National Enquirer approached me about doing a story and interview with Liza Minnelli. And I thought, oh, great. And then they were offering a lot of money for Mm -hmm. it. And I said, now, how do I get to her? And they said, well, you may not be able to. And I said, well, then there's no interview. They said, well, not necessarily. Uh, We have some points that we're inferring from her past behavior and statements. And if you can just string them together and make it look like, and and I said, well, no, that's it. So goodbye, National Enquirer. Well, it's just amazing what they did at the, they were worse then um, because there's so many gossip and, and things like that. But to... Have him on the cover dead. I mean, how yeah, low can you really. go? It's so disgusting. Well, they did that with... And you see, that's the difference. Back when Marilyn died in 62, a picture was taken, but it was not in those days. No paper, even a tabloid, would put it on the cover. Whereas by the time Elvis died in 77, things had changed. And uh, now, of course, anything goes. Marilyn's... Wasn't her photo taken by the coroner? Well, I'm sure that they did take photos because that's part of the routine, but I'm not sure that someone didn't either take their own photo secretly or steal one of the coroner's photos. I think this is one guy, and he said, oh, she was like any middle-aged woman, whatever, and he took a picture of her. He worked there, I believe. He Mm -hmm. was not one of the coroners, but he worked there, and Mm -hmm. he took the picture. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah. you can only imagine. It's really kind of of gross. Very mm, gross. It is. Anyway. The exploitation of the super famous, yeah. Yeah. Mm. One thing I have to tell you guys is this is a really good book on Elvis. Um, warts and all, all quotes from other people, and I, I agree. I think it's better than writing a book about Elvis and just going on your stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. really tells a story through other people's eyes, and it is a wonderful book. If you're an Elvis fan, you will love this. If you're not 
a huge Elvis fan, you'll still love this because it's fascinating. And I, it, it was such an interesting person and so fascinating in what he became. And and that's the case with me. I wasn't a huge Elvis fan at all. Uh, I, I liked him, you know. But doing it, the more I found out about him, the more interesting. And uh, a, a librarian the other day said, "Oh, I wasn't an Elvis fan, period. But I read your book in two sittings because, wow, what a story from you know childhood to that." super famous death so so hopefully people will enjoy Elvis forever and it's also sort of a cautionary tale you have to rein yourself in you have to say no to the kernels of this world uh, whether it's a partner or in business or in life stand up for yourself and also yes. do well for yourself avoid these extremes and don't always get your way because that's a bad way to live always yes, getting your way it's like being a spoiled brat and you don't yes. get to live a normal life when everybody's just pleasing you and they're being And when you're a you. dictator you're not happy you may be, get get your way but you're not really happy And about. neither are the people around you Oh not at all and no. they will sooner or later turn on you Definitely like that book But mm-hmm. um I yeah. highly recommend this I did read this in 2 days oh. um and I loved it Again I love Bose's books and it oh, is just thanks. wonderful and I would highly recommend it, really. It's got so many quotes we didn't talk about, so many things we didn't talk about. Yeah, really. (laughs) But we only have so much time. I called it Elvis Forever because in 2016 I had done a book, Marilyn Forever. And, of course, that's a very interesting story, too. But, boy, it doesn't have the extreme highs and lows of Elvis's life because she didn't live long enough, for one thing. Um, and also, she was basically a, a sweet, decent person. Um, Elvis was okay, but it's what he became, you know, uh, which isn't all negative at all, but the circumstances, the colonel, that the kind drugs. of fame. The drugs, the adulation, the in-person thing. And what he needed. As opposed to just being in movies. You yeah, know? what he needed from the people around him. Uh, and you, know, you can't help dead. but resent that kind of life with a human being yeah. who's like that. Um, and they wrote their book, whatever. But it's not easy to be the no. laughing boy who has to laugh or, you know, maybe right. pull out no, their pistol and shoot it. at another TV. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, okay. But you don't, you don't fire first, Elvis does, and then <laughs> whatever. Yeah, Really? I know. Yeah. Anyway, Bose, thank you so much for coming on. Again, you are so wonderful. Well, likewise. And um, I like again, again. I said this is a really good book, good read, and you know it has what four chapters. You start at the beginning of his life, mm-hmm. um, not exactly when he was a star, stardom, and then towards the end, and and then Elvis's own quotes. And you're gonna love yeah. this. So if you have an Elvis lover in your life. Um, happy, Merry Christmas. That's It's a great book to get. And it's a great book if you just like Elvis or you like reading these kind of books. You're into old Hollywood and all that stuff. It's a goodie. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. And thanks again, Bose. This is your third visit. Yeah. And you know really, you're welcome it's, it's on always anytime. always a pleasure, Grace. 
Yeah. Well, I have a ball with you too, and you are so articulate, and you know your stuff. I just love it, love it. I tell you. Well, I enjoyed it, and I hope people like the book. It's it's entertaining, but also, as I said, there are life lessons in it. Yes, you know? it's entertaining. It's sad in many ways. It's nice if we can learn from other people's mistakes. You know. Yes. I Definitely. mean, we can't attain their fame, but we can learn from their mistakes. And, uh, yeah, and who isn't, uh, to one degree or another, interested in Elvis? Because he is still there. He's still such a cultural presence. Yeah, it's I amazing. believe he always will be. I Truly. think so. And, you know, I've been to over 60 countries, and of all the male stars ever that have come out of America, he is by far the number one male star, movies or music, anything, who you will see, whether it's in Indonesia or Bolivia or France, whatever, there's Elvis. Who's number one in the female? Oh, well, I would, oh, Marilyn. Yeah, it is Marilyn. Of all the dead people, yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, she's... Again, again, they were both so attractive. Now, she never got heavy, but... And, and so there are no unattractive photos of Marilyn, no, and so you will are. see her everywhere. <laughs> and she is like the female ideal, like a goddess. <laughs> but also Elvis, uh, if it's not his music or his movies, it's his songs played on the radio, but it's also his photos in barber shops or in ads or just all over the place. Yeah. No one, no one comes close among the men. It's Elvis Presley. Yeah, I've posted a lot of pictures of him on Tumblr or whatever I, I do, mm. but... He's really so beloved. You know, yeah. we're not trying to diss him at all when we're talking about no. certain things. These are just things that people have said. And we're just yeah. talking about the quotes and different things like that. Because sure. I know a lot of you love him, but we're not trying to disparage Elvis in any way. No, it's just presenting the real Elvis. Right. As it were, because, because some people will say the Graceland version or the Elvis Presley Enterprises version so whitewashes him that it's not really Elvis anymore. Because when he came along, he shocked a lot of people, and uh, he was a symbol of rebellion at first. And, uh, you know, the real Elvis is far more interesting than any pasteurized Elvis from the movies he or really from is. the he, marketing of today. He know? is complex. You get all of that in these mm -hmm. quotes. So, like I said... Ho, 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 good book, yeah. yo. Elvis <laughs> Presley from DeBose. <laughs> That's my You're Elvis. You're right, right. <laughs> and, and that is a good title, Elvis Forever, because he just keeps on and on and on. It is. It's Elvis Forever, like Marilyn Forever. It, yes, mm. I loved it. I loved mm. it. And you guys will, too. And like I said, we didn't even touch on, I don't know, there's probably 500 quotes mm -hmm. we didn't mm -hmm. get to. So, um Check it out. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you, Bows, Bows, Bows. I had a wonderful time, as usual. Oh, likewise, Grace. And Thank you. you are welcome anytime, as you know that. Well, thanks. Okay. That's very nice. Okay, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Bows, for being here. And we will see you and hear you on, I'll, I'll be back later with a new True Stories of Tinseltown. So thanks, everybody, and thank you so much, Bose. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown.